Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are in this message series called So to Speak. And if you're not familiar with how we do messages here at The Heart, we'll go through a topic and then we'll kind of pull out the essence of that topic. And so today we're in week four. Um, In the first week, Dom talked about how our words can reveal our hearts. And then he also talked about how in the second week, um, we can speak into reality our existence, the person that we want to be. And then last week, he talked about the power of praying out loud. It was an incredible message, so I highly recommend you guys go back and listen to that. So to introduce our theme for today, I want to ask you a question, and I need you to be honest. You're in church, so don't lie. So here's what i got to ask you. If you have told a lie, even a white lie, in the last 24 hours... Raise your hand. You can give me the church hand like this. Appreciate it. Nice. For everyone that didn't raise your hand, you're a liar, statistically. So statistically, we lie about four times a day. Let me tell you the last time you lied. Have you had, in the last 72 hours, a day where maybe it was a little frustrating or you had a lot on your mind, and someone said, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm fine. I'm good. And you weren't? Little white lie. That's okay. So today I want to talk to you guys about lying and the truth and how that impacts not only our relationships and our faith, but also our relationship with ourselves. And so I pray that through this message, we can take a little bit of time to really soak in what God has for us in this moment. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for this community of people who are on a journey of being committed to honesty, to ourselves, to each other, and to you. I pray that you would allow us all the echoes, all the chaos that might be in our minds right now, that you would allow us to set that aside and be present and hear what you have to say. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you don't know, I uh, have a daughter. She's 11 years old. Her name is Makai Mbias. She's the best human on the planet. And um, she was a hilarious kid. She was, like, very interested in things that most kids aren't. Um, and she was also very realistic as a kid. So just the things that she would say, they were so funny. And there were two things that she would do when she was little that um, I just thought was hilarious. And they both involved lying. So the first one was, for some reason, she had this, like, fear of flushing the toilet. It was, I thought it was irrational, and then as I was studying for this message, I started to think about, oh, I used to be afraid of flushing the toilet, too, but it was because I watched the movie Gremlins. If you're old enough to know what that movie is, then I see you. So I was so terrified to flush the toilet because of that movie. She's never seen the movie, so I didn't understand her fear. But anyways, she was like maybe three years old, and this one time, I'd always have to remind her, Kai, go flush the toilet, go flush the toilet. And so this one time, she goes to the bathroom, and she comes out, and I was like, go flush the toilet. So she like walks in there, and she comes out, and I hear, and I was like, did you just make the noise of flushing the toilets? She absolutely did. It was so funny. I couldn't even be mad at her. So that was one scenario. And then let me show you another scenario. Take a look at this. 
my leg hurts, I said. So she would uh, walk around like this in the airport um, or at home whenever she didn't want to walk and she would act like her leg was broken. Genius, honestly, right? But as a mom, like when I'm carrying all the groceries because we have to carry all the bags, it wasn't so funny. But um, I'm actually gonna invite her out here for just a second. I asked her to come share something with you. You ready? So we were having a conversation in the car and I was like, Kai, can you tell me why you used to fake flush in the bathroom or act like your leg was broken? Can you tell us why? Well, I don't know why I did the fake leg thing, but I was scared to flush the toilet because I was just really scared of loud noises because mm -hmm. it hurts my ears. And like, that was the thing. Yeah, so you just gave a little fib so I would think that you flushed the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, baby. <laughs> So, you know, I was thinking about that, and, and after that, having that conversation with her, I was like, oh, yeah, when do we lie? We lie when we are overwhelmed. We lie when we are exhausted. We lie to protect sometimes. And if we're being honest with ourselves, we all have found ourselves in that moment. So I used to lie a lot when I was a kid, all the time. Um, I was really good at it, too, which was also scary, right, Mom? So... When I, as I grew up, there were two lies that I always told as an adult. And um, those two lies were, I'm fine, and yes, I can do that. All the time, right? So about five, yeah, about five years ago, I was just in this whirlwind season of life. I was not fine. And I wasn't trying to lie to people, but when they would ask me how I was, I just felt like I needed some privacy, right? I needed like the noise in my head to just calm down so I could figure out how I was actually feeling. So instead of approaching that in a healthy way, I would just say, I'm fine. Like, I need some space, give me a minute. And um, the other thing was, also in that season, I said yes to a lot of things at work, outside of work, because I wanted to be preoccupied instead of having to think about things. And like, if there was a sport of saying yes to things that you didn't have time for, I was a gold medalist in that Olympic trial, tell, I'm telling you. And honestly, I'm, I'm probably still silver right about now, that's why all my friends are laughing pretty hard if you can hear them in the front row. So those were the, the two things that, for me, I have struggled with being honest, not only with others, but with myself. And in a little bit, we're going to look at a story about King David, and we're going to see something very similar there about how an omission of truth or how a white lie can spiral into living something that's not aligned with who you are. So with that, I want to read something to you. I came across this scripture, and when I was reading, I've read it a couple of times before. I often share that, that I'll read a scripture, and then when I'm studying for a message, it will mean something different to me because of what I'm studying for. And that's what happened here. So this scripture is really a scripture where we are learning that living in the truth, no matter how difficult it may be, that is what will set us free. And so, let me read it to you. It says, For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness, and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. 
Discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as the one who always speaks truth, for we all belong to one another. When I thought about that, I was thinking about one of the core values we have here at the heart is connection. And you'll often talk about, or you'll hear it talked about from this platform or in connect groups, like Dom was mentioning before, the importance of connection and community. And the only way that we can have real connection with others is through honesty, being honest with ourselves, where we're at, what we're going through. That's something that allows space to be open for other people to know us more, for us to get to know them more. And so when I was thinking through that and I was thinking for us in this message, I started to think about maybe you can't identify with your kid making a fake flush noise um, or acting like they have a broken leg. And maybe you can't even identify with telling people that you're fine when you're not. But I bet there is an area in your life somewhere where lying and living collide. Some type of area where you know deep down maybe you're living some form of a lie. And I'm not saying that because I think that it is bad. I'm saying that because that is something that I constantly have to make myself aware of and reflect on. Where am I really at in this moment? If someone asks me, how are you really? Not as Crystal talking from the platform or as mom or as employee, like how are you actually doing? I can't tell you how many walls will crumble on both sides if you can get to a place with a person where you can be honest with that. So when I was thinking through that, I was thinking through like, if we're not being honest with those things, if we are using even a white lie to cover up where we're at, that's why we're so exhausted all of the time, you guys. If we're living with a facade or a mask or if we're saying things to appease other people or to avoid conflict, that is exhausting. And it takes a lot more energy than I think we even realize. And we're gonna see that here in a little bit in this story with King David where he is literally just lie after lie. And then books later in the Bible, you see it revealed on how exhausting that was to his soul. So. Let's take a look at this. Let's talk through why do we lie? There's so many different reasons, right? Some of the ones that I came across were we don't want to lose something or someone. And so when we're asked about the truth, maybe we cover it up or we omit. Uh, we want to avoid disappointing someone. I have 9,000% done that a time or two. It feels convenient in the moment. Uh, we really want to believe it's true. We'll talk about that in a little bit, lying to yourself because you really want to believe that that is the truth. Uh, we want to get attention or sympathy. Um, that was my MO when I was a little kid. I always wanted to, to lie because I, I just had to divert the story somewhere or for whatever reason. Uh, maybe we're bored and we want to create drama. Do you know anybody like that? They're just lying and you know it's not the truth just because they want to create drama. That's so funny. I got to tell you this. Uh, it's so funny to me because people like we'll know people are lying and they know that we know that they're lying and they're still lying right have you ever been a part of a conversation like that i definitely have um and then sometimes it just becomes a habit we're so used to maybe like for me the habit of saying i'm fine 
It's good. That was a habit for me. Or maybe we lie to avoid exposing other lies. So with that being said, how do we lie? Because it's not just this dishonest uh, phrase that we can give to someone in the moment. There are so many different ways that we can lie. One's withholding, gossiping. Do you know that's classified as a lie? Broken promises, exaggeration, white lies, and more. The interesting thing that I read in a psychology journal about white lies is oftentimes white lies are attached to betrayal in our lives. And so for betrayal, as you can imagine, that is a very difficult thing to experience. And a lot of times we think that betrayal is from one large event, like a, you know, someone stealing or lying or cheating, and that's the betrayal. But through the journals that I read, what you learn is betrayal is really a form of a thousand cuts that lead to death, a thousand cuts that lead to the betrayal, a thousand little white lies that we have to constantly cover up. That's how we get ourselves in these scenarios or how we're on the other receiving end of those scenarios. And so um, thinking through that, I wanted to look at, okay, well, if we know why we lie and we know how we lie, what does that actually do? What are the consequences of lying? Because I know for me, when I look at my life and I look at the lies I've told, Maybe I didn't realize the consequences of the effect it had on not just me, but others. Here are some of the consequences that I saw. Loss of trust, damaged reputation, guilt and shame, and loss of respect. I saw two of those, and I was thinking through, like, where in my life have maybe I been deceived, instead of just being the deceiver, like, on the other end, the consequences of me being deceived, and the two areas for me that I see the biggest effect is I will quickly lose respect and trust for someone. And the way that that happens, um, it's for people who love bomb. And then there's a word called lambaster. I'm not smart, so I looked up another L word so I could give you a, a duo so it'd be easy to remember. Um, lambaster is basically like... Okay, let's say someone's love bombing you. They're telling you, you are amazing. You're the best person at everything you do. In front of you, they're your best friend. They're your cheerleader. And then behind your back, they are verbally attacking your character. That's what lambaster means. Violently attacking your character, not in your presence. That will quickly destroy trust and respect. I imagine maybe you've been through something like that with someone, or maybe you've been the person on the end doing it. There's hope. Hold on. So those were the things that I was looking at. And so for that, I started to think about my grandma. Let me tell you why. So if you, right now, you can close your eyes. You can keep them open, your rules. I want you to think about the person in this world that you trust the most. You trust them without a doubt. I, get, I probably think that they are someone that you feel is a truth teller. They'll tell you it honestly, even when it's difficult. They lead by integrity. They're an example of someone that you want to grow into, right? They're not someone that is constantly deceiving you or betraying you. And that made me think about my grandma. Let me tell you all about her. So my grandma, um, apparently she had a, a fun past. Um, she had six kids, adopted a kid, um, and kind of when she was a little bit older and adult, 
she went a little wild, so my mom had to take over the show for a bit. Um, but by the time I was born, that was not my grandma. My grandma was like the most generous, kind person ever. She would take in stray kids and let them live in her house all the time. Um, but the best thing about my grandma is she was a truth teller. Like, you had no question on where you stood with her. In fact, she used to tell me, so I went in the military when I was 18, and this one time I had come home and I cut my hair really short, and I remember coming in the door and she just said, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. And I was like, grandma. And she's like, yeah, no, you got to let that grow out. And I was like, okay. But I trusted her to tell me the truth. I didn't have to worry about where I stood with this lady. She spoke into my life in a positive way, and she told me when I was being a brat, because my mom and I would call her separately when we get into an argument. So my mom would call her and tell her her side of the story, and then I'd call her and I'd be like, Grandma, you don't know what she did. And she would be like, you need to stop being a brat and go back home. That was mostly when I was a teenager, but she was just such a, a truth teller, and I loved her so much for that. I wrote this down for you guys. Being known as a truth teller creates a refuge of safety and trust. If you want to be a soft place for your friends to land, if you want to be a leader who's respected, if you want to be somebody who everyone tells, you got to know that person. You want to be a truth teller. People who operate in integrity, even if it's direct, those are the people that become cornerstones in our life. I feel like that's who Jesus was all throughout his journey here on earth. He was constantly a truth teller. And so um, the worst kind of lies, as I was looking at all of this, the worst kind of lies that we can tell are the ones we tell ourselves. In fact, I'll give you this one for free. So I've kind of been on like this uh, trying to eat healthy kick. Um, and for, I don't know, like the last two and a half ish months. I've been doing all right. So, so I've been eating really healthy, right? And um, it, I'm not, this isn't prideful. I'm one buffet invite away from self-sabotage. So don't ask me to go to Kobe. Don't ask me to go anywhere with you because I will, and then I'll be mad at you. So anyways, um, I've been traveling a lot for work. I'm talking like, I don't know, the last six or seven weeks in a row. And um, when I travel, I literally pass by every single airport trip, my arch nemesis of my health. It's Auntie Anne's pretzels. Anybody? Yeah. So, so I was at the airport this last time. I, th I was coming back from Vegas or Ohio or somewhere like that. And so I'm walking by Auntie Anne's and I'm like, I haven't had anything like that in a while. I was like, eh, maybe just a little. It's like, no, just keep walking. So I get my, my, you know, I'm dragging everything and I'm like, well, maybe just a maybe a little, and I get in front, and I'm looking at the menu like I don't know what I already want, and so I'm like, I'll get the small. Um, the last time I had Auntie Anne's was, I was on a delayed flight. It's about nine o'clock. Y'all, I ordered a bucket of the pretzel nuggets. I bet y'all don't even, they have buckets, and I'm not talking, don't ask for the large. Ask for the family bucket. I kid you not, I ate the entire thing before we even boarded the flight. I told myself I was going to save half for when I got home, not even close. So anyways, I'm staring at the menu and I'm like, yeah, I'll get a small, maybe a, a diet soda. And I'm looking and I'm just like, y'all, I'm not even exaggerating. I just start backing away. I'm like, 
I know that's a lie. So I just, I walk off. So um, I'm fighting for my life every time I walk past Auntie Anne's pretzels, you guys. It's not fun. So, you know, that is obviously a funny story. Um, at least I thought it was. So that's a funny story of lying to myself, right? And, and how that can occur. But y'all, when we lie to ourselves, we double down. We double down, and here's why. Oftentimes, we fool ourselves into thinking maybe we're the victim. So maybe not on the side of being gossiped about, but if we're feeling in a place of hurt, of wanting to protect ourselves, it is very easy for us to step onto the other side of feeling like a victim and being like, forget holy, I'm going to be hood, and I'm going to let this person know what's up, or I'm going to let everyone else know how bad that person is. That will take us out of our character quick when we start to view ourselves as a victim. And it is hard not to go there, right? If you feel like you've been betrayed in some form or maybe your reputation is being questioned, it is very difficult to stand in your power and say, no, I'm not going to do that. Another thing that we can do when we're lying to ourselves is because we're not wanting to hurt anyone. So maybe we hold those things inside. And so we're walking through life without people knowing how we're really feeling. I am notorious for that. I feel like I've worked on it a lot, but that is something I struggle with when I'm lying to myself all the time. And going back to that example of being fine, that is the part that I can tell you in that season of life, I think I was so hungry for a deeper connection with myself that I was trying to search for that in other places. That's why I was saying that I was fine, because I was trying to figure out where I was, what space I was in, and that was uh, hindering me from being able to be honest with others. And the sad thing about that is sometimes we will betray ourselves and break our own hearts. Um, I wrote this down, I'll share it with you. Why did you have to cry last week? God. Anything we lose by being honest, we never had in the first place. If you're at a season in your life where you can't imagine being honest with someone, you never had them in the first place. I had just stepped into uh, going through a divorce. A lot of people knew about it. I was really hard. I also was, I'm not trying to give you a pity party, but just to let you know where I was, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. There's all these health things happening. I also got a promotion at work, so a lot more responsibility. And if you know anything about my company, it's a lot. It's a lot. So that my, my world was just swirling. And all I could muster up was, I'm fine. That's it. And I think it has taken me years and years and years to get to the point where I can be honest that I wasn't fine. I was trying to figure it out but I wasn't fine, and it's okay to admit that because maybe some of you are here and you're not fine. And you just need someone to listen to say, I hear you, I see you, and no one will ever be able to do that if you're not honest about where you are in life. I didn't know it was already almost towards the end, but I got a story for you. So uh, King David, I'll I'll make this a little bit quicker. So King David, um, maybe you've heard of him. He's the guy who defeated the giant 
and uh, he was the greatest king of Israel. Um, he was called to be a man after God's own heart. And there's this story in the Bible where King David, um, he's not where he's supposed to be. So all of his men are at war, and he's not. He's back in his castle or wherever it was. And so he looks over, and he sees this lady in the bathtub, so to speak. She was naked. So he sees this lady, and he's like, he tells a servant, he's like, go get that one. I want her. So the servant goes and gets her. They commit adultery. And the warrior of the husband of this woman had been out in war. So he comes back, and King David's just like, at this point, they had a baby. So he's just like covering lie after lie after lie. And his solution was, I'm going to send him out to the front line so that he will be killed. And then I can go on about my business with my new family. So he does. He sends Uriah out to war. And there's, there's a couple things that happen in between that. But then there's a prophet. His name is Nathan. And he comes to the king. And the king of Israel, he's the one that is the judge over whatever scenario, right? So he comes to the king and he says, hey, I got to tell you a story. And he says, there was this man, poor farmer, and he had this one baby lamb. And this lamb was everything to this farmer and his family. This lamb was like a pet. In fact, in the Bible, it says that he used to call it his daughter. This was like a really important piece of that family. So anyways, there was a traveler that came along and the traveler was hungry. And so the rich man decided, although he had herds and herds and herds of cattle that he could have fed this poor man with, he decides to use the shepherd's lamb. That's the one he decided to kill. And so King David got irate. He's like, that's so wrong. That guy has no, uh, no integrity. He needs to be put to death. And the prophet looks at him and he says, that man is you. You are that man. You have lied and covered up, and you have taken the one thing from this person that that was all that they had. Sometimes we can be in that space. We're not being honest with ourselves. Imagine you don't have lambs everywhere. But sometimes we can be in this space of covering things up, not knowing that the actual reward is on the other side of truth. So what I found interesting about that is David goes on, and again, he's, he was, he's actually the second most talked about person in human form in the Bible. He was a man of God. In fact, he wrote the, many of the songs. He was a musician, so he wrote many of the songs in the book of Psalms. And this was years after that whole scenario with Uriah and the adultery and the baby, he had everything that he wanted. He had the woman. He had the baby. He had all the riches. He had the servants. He was the king. This is what he chose to write. Psalms 32. When I keep silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hands were heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as the heat of the summer. Um... I know I'm repeating myself, but there's going to be moments in your life where if you hold in your truth, you're going to waste away. 
I know that because I've done it. There are things in my life right now that I'm holding in. Because I'm just feeling like conflict's not worth it. I don't even care. That's not a cool place to live in. When your heart's super hard because you've just gotten used to the untruths and you're just choosing to hold it in. There's another scripture in Proverbs and it says, truthful words will stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. And I wrote this down for you. Lies linger while truth transforms. There is this one story. This one's actually pretty good. How much time do I have left? I can't even see that. So when I was uh, in the military, I went in at 18 years old and, and pretty much grew up in the military and loved it. Huge advocate. Come talk to me. I'll just recruit you for the recruiters. So I had this, uh, this chief master sergeant, and he was, I mean, he was mean. Like, you just didn't mess with him. And um, there was uh, one thing you didn't do in the military. You didn't lose your ID card. And if you know me at all, like, at all, at all, I lose just about everything. Um, it's really not funny, but also kind of funny to me, if I'm being honest. I just lose everything, and it's so frustrating. But in the military, I was pretty good about my ID card, but this one time I lost it. And um, so on my way to his office, I'm trying to think through all the lies. Like, you know, my dog died, I died, uh, car blew up, um, ID card got lost in the shredder, like everything you can imagine. And so I kid you not, it was like a step. It's not really how you do it in the military. It's a very systematic system. But anyway, so I knock on the door and do the step and the whole thing. And I'm like standing at attention in his office. And he just looks at me and he was like, what do you want, Perry? And I was like, I lost my ID card. Here's all the places I checked. I don't know what I did with it. I'm a failure. And went through the whole thing. It was like, one after the other. Y'all, I kid you not, I, he just like signs a piece of paper, looks at me, doesn't say a word, pushes the paper over. I pick it up. It's a form to go get my ID card. I was like, this is a life hack. Why I didn't continue to do that? No clue. Probably because I'm human. But it was so funny because in that, I always think back to that too. Like when I'm in a mid lie, like a mid real good lie, I'm always like, what am I doing? You know, trying to talk yourself out of it. But that is really where I discovered that the truth will set you free. So today, what I want to share with all of us is it is time to stop breaking our own hearts. It's time to stop breaking the hearts of the people that we say are the most important to us. Are you champion are you a champion of the people that you love and is that yourself I think we can commit to that and if you're at a place in your life where there's an area that you feel like you're living a lie I want to challenge you this week to take some time and think about that where are you where do you want to be who do you want to become how do you want to be known do you want to be known as a, a truth teller do you want to be known as a deceiver to others or yourself or your God or your faith. There's a lot of room for messiness in that, y'all. Tons. The best relationships are on the other side of conflict, honest discussion. And that's the best relationship with God, too. Sometimes we come into church, especially if maybe we're new to church and we think we've got to be polished and put together and we have to have all the right words. I used to hate praying out loud because I was like, uh, I don't know how to pray out loud. Three plus two, carry the one. It's all confusing to me. 
But then someone just told me, just be honest with God. Be honest with how you're feeling. So that's what I want to invite us into. I want us to be invited into bringing all the sum of who we are into this relationship with each other and God. What a different world we would live in if we could commit to that. What a different community we would live in if we could all commit to that. I'm going to pray for us. Will you join me? God, I thank you for honest hearts. I thank you for bridges that will allow us to cross over from hurt to healing. I thank you for your presence in our lives, no matter how messy it is. I thank you for people that come alongside us, true friendships, people that we can value and be valued by. I pray for hard truths in the next week. I pray for moments of even if it's cringy and uncomfortable that we could step into those truths, into those relationships, into those moments with you and walk away better for it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.